The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Collages is a project where you kind of keep you keep the bits, the broken pieces, the trash, and then I incorporate that into into work because I think that tells a whole different life story of how the little the little pieces, the discards have have value. They they become a part of a story. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? As I went through the relapse, which led to my diagnosis, I wondered how my life plan might change as a result. And when I say change, I'm really saying, am I going to be able to work? What is this all going to look like? So on this episode, I'm talking with Allison Ford about leaning into her core values and how they provided her a channel to understand what her work-life balance was going to look like for her. Before I introduce Allison, I I just wanted to remind everybody listening about the MS Walk in Orlando on April 2nd at Blue Jacket Park. So we will also be streaming live for anyone who would like to join us from home and do their own walk. The link tree in my Instagram bio and the Thriving Over Surviving podcast website have all of the details. So you can go on over there to check that out, the location and all the events that we're going to be having that day and how you can get a t-shirt to support us. The thriving goal is to raise $5,000 for MS awareness and research. And I hope you all join us. So without further ado, Allison Ford is my guest today. She is a Southern artist, a mom, life lover. She developed an appreciation for the arts at a young age, but about six years ago, Allison took a class on color theory, and there she really took off running with her painting, primarily abstract works. So on the side of that, Allison's actually an attorney, and we're going to dig deep today and discover how this autoimmune warrior with MS balances all of this. So let's chat it up with Allison. Hi there. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm wonderful. (laughs) I am ready to rock and roll and chat with you. I am really um, thrilled to be um, here sitting with you. And I think that you can offer all of the people listening today some really great insight on what that balance piece looks like. So first off, you know, of course, you know, you have that been gifted the wonderful autoimmune disease of multiple sclerosis. So Allison, share with us about how that all transpired from you in terms of your diagnosis story. Yeah. So I was in my last year of law school. And so this was this is 2008, about, I think it's February or March, and noticed that my face was 
you know, twitching. And, you know, it was almost just like somebody had their hand on my face and just, you know, it didn't, it didn't hurt, hurt per se, but it was very uncomfortable and I was very aware of it. And this was happening for like about three weeks. And then I started to notice my face. I thought my face was kind of distorted, kind of, it was Bell's palsy, but it was, my face was, was drooping. I th- So I thought, and I, I had a, f- a friend who was also in law school. She lived in the apartment below mine. And I, one, one day I just went down there and I was like, does, does my face look weird to you? She said, maybe a little bit. And um, so again, I, I keep going and I'm not really, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking anything of it, but this is the first time I'd asked somebody about, about that. And I was headed to the gym one day and I was, I called my dad because I usually talk to my parents in the car. And um, I said, my face is, my, my face has been twitching for, for a couple of weeks, it seems. And I don't really know what's, what's wrong. And he's kind of a realist type person. And he said, well, the worst it could be is a brain tumor. <laughs> I was like, (laughs) thanks, dad. Thanks, dad. But I'm glad that he said that because instead of going into the gym that day, I went to student health on campus and and kind of of in a college town. So I I went to, I went to student health. I went and saw the doctor who I guess was on call there. She gave me some steroids and scheduled me for an MRI. And, you know, the next, the, the, the next day or next two days, you know, she called me back and was, was, was like, okay, we looked at your, looked at your MRI and it looks like you have MS. And I had never heard of MS, didn't know anybody that had MS first, you know, it was just, I was by myself and I'm like, what are you, you know, what are you talking about here? And, and then she kind of told me a little bit about it. And I was like, I don't think, you know, that I didn't know that people that look like me got, you know, I just didn't know anything about this. So it was just very, you know, very disorienting. And then the next day met with the neurologist and had the neurology appointment. And then they're, you know, handing you all the packets of about all the different medicines and, <laughs> you know, spinal scheduling, spinal tap and the optical stuff. So it was just, you know, the several appointments afterwards to kind of confirm everything, but it all happened very quickly, which I know is not a lot of people's story. (laughs) It sounds like it, like three weeks of face twitching. And then all of a sudden I have this diagnosis that I had no idea even existed. So how were you feeling at that point? Because to me, I would be really lost and confused and not know exactly what to do next. Yeah, I, I mean, I was, I, I did feel very lost and confused, and I, and I do remember because I, the, the, the follow up appointment at the, at the student health campus facility, I, you know, I was by myself, and my, you know, my dad actually came up for the neurology appointment, and my best friend, and it, and it was, you know, if she had known that, that if we had known that they were going to tell me that, she would have been there. But it was just like when I, the first time I got that news, I was, I was by myself and I just, that just stuck out in my mind just because I I just kind of felt alone and not really sure what to do and what all that meant. And I mean, like you said, it's like, okay, what is this going to mean for my life? And am I going to be able to work? And am I going to be able to have kids? And just the, just the uncertainty of, of, of MS and how it presents so differently from other people. And, and, and even within your own story, it was just very confusing and, you know, getting on the medicine, it just, that felt like another whole 
thing in its in it, in and of itself. So that was just a hard, you know, just a hard hard time, but also a time where you know people really came together to to support me, which was really a, a beautiful thing. And the other thing that sticks out in my mind, you know, being in school, you know, my, my mom and dad told everybody at at my home church, and they were all praying, you know, for me, even though I really wasn't, you know, I wasn't, wasn't in the hospital, I wasn't down and out, like it wasn't, it wasn't really anything, anything that wasn't controllable. You know, they were all there. I mean, I, I got hundreds, hundreds of cards, you know, with encouraging words. And I literally just put them up all over my apartment and felt so much joy and support in that, you know, small gesture. So just the, the whole rallying of the community was, was something that helped me feel like, okay, this is, this is going to be okay. You know? So Allison, that's pretty incredible because I've talked to many autoimmune warriors like yourself and they're like, I don't know if I should tell anyone what is this going to look like for me, especially in that professional atmosphere as you're just embarking on becoming a lawyer. So I think that that is pretty courageous of you to welcome the support from um, your community, from your church and your family members. And it sounds like that was a catalyst for just getting you through the rest of your time at school, no? Yes, for sure. You know, just the support of friends and family and, you know, that kind of, that, that, that did help a lot. And, you know, I missed, I missed one class because I had to get my spinal tap and I remember, you know, I told my professor and um, she was just like, oh, you know, I'm sorry you're going through this and was just, you know, very supportive. And, you know, unfortunately she passed away a couple of years later. So that was, you know, that was devastating. It was just the fact that she cared, you know, cared so much about me. And then, you know, she, she was on the verge of dealing with her own very, you know, serious thing that, that sticks out in my mind, but you know, people, yeah, didn't feel the need to tell, you know, every, everyone, but the people that I did tell as needed were, were, were very supportive. I mean, obviously transitioning to working at the firm, you know, is a little bit different. And I was, sensitive to not saying anything there because I, you know, I, I, I did find that there was somebody who had, you know, who'd retired, but had MS and, you know, suffered with some cognitive and mobility things. And I didn't want anybody to think that that was going to be, you know, that they had to be concerned about that with me and particularly the type of the, in, you know, the work environment. So I, I was very, I was very conscious about that. So that speaks to, you know, who you tell, when you tell. And, you know, for me, it was, I, I told people in the work setting when I had an issue where, you know, I may need to, you know, I need to work from home or I just need to take a little bit of time. So, I mean, those things happen, but um, I think you just got to kind of take it as a case by case. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And in those initial stages, though, the people that knew and supported you provided you, like you said, with that joy and love that you needed in that moment. And to, I'm just picturing this room full of these cards yeah. <laughs> and how like, 
you know, full of love you must have in support you must have felt in in those moments. So what are the core values that have led you to this place you're at today? Because I believe that you have a very full life with career and family and I guess this hobby, which has evolved into this miraculous thing for so many people um, that you contribute this positive, just wonderful, gosh, artistic ability with others. And so what, yes, what are those core values that have led you there? Well, I, I really think, you know, faith and family are really at, I would say faith, family, core I mean, faith, family, and community are important to me. And one other word that kind of came to mind is like the wholeness and the fullness, because I really try to do, try to think about giving everything my best, my, my, my whole self, whatever that looks like at the time. And, and I, and I really try to pour into my, my family. I have to young children and you know my husband and obviously my my extended family I'm a daughter and a sister and you know all of that so I I I really you know I lean on that support but I also try to give to that support system as well and you know I find so much joy in like recharging especially with my children and my children really encourage my art as well it's a sort of a symbiotic relationship there but but at the root of everything is, I, for, you know, for me, at least, is, is, is faith. Just, you know, especially in the beginning, okay, I've been handed, you know, I've been handed this challenge, but I've also obviously handled, I'm, I'm also handed the things that I need to go through and manage this challenge and be equipped for it. So I'm not going to be overwhelmed or, you know, remain in this sort of sadness or confusion about it. It's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into, you know, my faith and, and my, and, and hope and, and let that be, um, the driving factor. But I'm also like, I'm the person that's like, you know what, I'm going to take my five minutes. I'm going to have my pity party. I'm going to process this, but then I'm going to, I'm going to move on. So I'm a big fan of, you know, take your five minutes <laughs> and then it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's move forward. And do the best you can. And if nobody thinks that that's, if they don't think that's good enough, that's their problem. You know, you did your best. I like that, right? I did the best that I could in that situation. And a lot of people take that five minutes in different ways. So some Mm -hmm. people will cry because I think crying is healing. I personally am a verbal processor. So I got to kind of work it through with a couple different people. Mm-hmm. and see how that looks and get feedback and process it a lot. And then I can move on very easily after I've done that. So it sounds like you were doing that through, you know, your commitment to your pursuits and everyone around you, putting that effort in and that love to those things that meant the most to you, the wholeheartedness, the family and the faith. When you did those things and it moved you forward? How did it impact your autoimmune disease? For autoimmune disease, it, it, I think the, the main thing is, you know, tr- obviously, you know, trying to take care of yourself, but also trying to keep your stress level down. And that was, you know, that was, that's always important to me. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's asking for help when you 
need help, realizing that you can't do everything is key. But also, you know, for me, the early on, the, the, the hard part was also, and, I, and I'll say this because I don't think everybody has sort of a different MS story. But for me, it was, I'm okay. And I didn't really, sometimes I forgot that there was something there or wrong. And I'm going to, I feel led to, you know, to share this because, you know, you listen to people talking and they had, you know, a different, a different story that involved a lot more moving parts. And maybe it, it might have something to do with sort of how long you've gone without a diagnosis. But for me, it was pretty quick diagnosis, pretty quick getting on the disease modifying medicine. Compliance was a whole different issue, but that ties into the not really sometimes not really remembering that there was something wrong with me and getting into sort of a comfort zone and then having a relapse that really was because I had forgotten in my mind. And so I think that's important to keep in mind. And that's something that I still deal with. I always get kind of shocked back into the into the reality of it. But it's like, I mean, this is one of those things where it it's not, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't go anywhere. And so your course of action with all of the moving parts of life shouldn't, shouldn't change because if you, you can't, you cannot forget that you have MS it was, is sort of the lesson that I had to learn. <laughs> I think for a lot of people and me too, once I came back from that initial diagnosis got most of the feeling back mm -hmm. that I had lost. It's like I put that on the back burner for like a couple years. Even though I was having frequent relapses, they weren't debilitating. Like mm -hmm. I could walk. And so it was easy to forget. It was easy to say, oh, I got other things to do. But eventually it caught up with me. It comes back. It comes back and you're, you're like, you know, and for me it was like, I kind of, I kind of did this to myself. Like, I mean, not in a guilt type of way, or at least trying to focus on not having the guilt about it. But it, it really is like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take care of myself. I gotta take my medicine, you know, real basic things. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging. And I'm talking right now to someone who has kids and a husband and a career. And now we're adding on this other component, this outlet of creativity. How did, how were you balancing all of those components? Was it through those, those core values of family and faith? Were there other things that were impacting your decisions in that balance? Well, I mean, I think that it kind of develops, at least adding on this component for for art was, was, you know, was not intentional. It, it started out, you know, as a creative outlet. And so I, I was in between jobs. I was leaving a job that was, that was a term position, great, great position, um, working with a judge and going back to the firm. My husband said, you know, you should probably take some time off and just, you know, just take some time off because you are, you know, where you're going back, what environment you're going back to, it's going to be a little bit more stressful, you know, take some time off. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I guess that gets back into the family's component because having people that tell you, you know, do this for yourself is, is a good thing. 
And so, you know, so I did that. And so I, and I, and I ended up taking this with lots of, it wasn't a class because everybody else there knew how to paint and were, were like famous artists, like local artists in town. And then I, and then, and then me and this other woman know nothing. And they're like, you know, you need to get some, you need some basic foundational. <laughs> let's, let's, let's show you some basic things. And so from there, I, I, I kind of, some things kind of clicked for me. And I was like, if I actually keep practicing and doing this, I think I could get better. And this is something I've always wanted to do. And so for me, it's, it's, was a creative outlet. And I think it helps me bring something to the table because you're, you're just a happier person when you've done something for yourself that you love. And obviously it's kind of evolved into more of a, of a, of a business, but now it's more of, you know, finding the balance. And I don't like to use the word work-life balance I just because it's overused and there's no I mean, I'm not trying to have a balance between my life and work, you know, in terms of like a scale where it's, you know, 50 50. It's life is not like that. And then how could you put all of your whole life on the other side of work when your life is so much more complex than that? I mean, you've got your hobbies and things that you like to do, whether it be working out or cooking or, or whatever it is that, you know, you just want to do for yourself to make help yourself be a more pleasant and better person. And then, the you know, the responsibilities that you have, you know, for your family and also just the, you know, the relationships that you have to foster in life. So I just can't imagine putting them equally on opposite sides of the scale. So what I really think of it is, is like life pie, you know, so to speak. And if I have a deadline at work, then I gotta, I gotta take care of the, I gotta take care of that. That's, that's important at the time. It's not going to be the thing that's dominating things forever. But while I have something to do for that, that's when I'm like, okay, I have this thing and my husband and I are, we're going to tag team and we're going to say, okay, well, you got this, this thing you got to do for work. I'm going to kind of round the kids. We'll take care of, you know, and so we're kind of tag teaming in that way. And then maybe, you know, you know, maybe I need some, my mom brought some food up for me a couple weeks ago. This is great. Or maybe I have to do some more takeout or so something like that. And where that's what we're moving things around so that we can, devote the time here that's needed for that particular moment or for that particular day, then it, things might shift. But it doesn't mean that those other things have gone away or that they are not important. For me, it's kind of getting, you know, readjusting things and being cognizant of all the pieces so that you can, you know, do your best with that. And then it's also, I mean, it's saying no and understanding your capacity. I mean, there's a lot of things I haven't done an in-person show since, you know, the beginning of, of, of COVID. And I don't know that I'm planning to do anything else like that, you know, right away. Cause I just don't have the bandwidth for that. And so sometimes I do say no to other, you know, opportunities. And then in terms of the things that it, that I do have to do, so my, I take a lot of commissions for my art. I'm going to be realistic with you. You're not getting this back next week. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little more time. <laughs> I'm going to build myself in the time, you know, it, 
three or four months. That sounds like a long time, but I don't, I don't paint every day. I'm not going to make it seem like I do. There may be weeks when I don't get a chance to, and then I may come back to it and I'm, and I'm painting for a couple hours, but I have to be realistic with myself and say, okay, I am not a full-time artist. That's not a bad thing, but I cannot do all of the things and do all of the shows and all of the this and the that's that somebody else is doing. That's not how my life is set up. So I feel like that's a pit for people because, well, I love social media. I got to be honest. I've just started my love for it about nine months ago because <laughs> before that I was like, eh, do I really need this in my life? But recently just getting to know more people in the community, I've been so much more involved in it and it has you know, grown my understanding of where different people are coming from so much. And yeah, everybody's different. And if I go on there and start comparing my life to all of these other people that are only showing the great stuff, I, I can't do that. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't possibly accomplish all of the things that this other person can do in a day. Not because I don't want to. Not because I don't put the effort into it. I'm not that person. Not that person. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, no, I can't compare myself to them. It, it's going to be torture in my brain. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, and obviously, I'm saying this, but I still have to work on these things. And, and I'm just reminded of that because I mean, people or people will look at your Instagram page and it's like, oh my gosh, look at all that work. No, I also have no. I have no inventory. You know, it's just like so- <laughs> <laughs> it looks beautiful, but there's nothing in the back. <laughs> exactly, and so it's just remembering that it's not everything is as it seems, and you know, nobody's in, is trying to, but. But what we show is only a piece is only a piece of the puzzle and it takes the community to get there. It takes, you know, figuring out how that pie works together and finding the tools that you need to be most efficient with your time and your efforts. And I think that's, you know, that, I think that's one thing that practicing laws did help me with. I don't do, I don't have to do it anymore, but I mean, we you know, you bill in like six minute increments. So it's like, you know, when you're in the office, I mean, you're thinking, I mean, you're literally thinking about what did I, what did I do with my whole day? So I'm not wasting a whole lot of time on things. I'm thinking about, you know, how am I going to be most efficient with my time? And it's hard for me because I'm not an organized person per se, but I mean, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm, I'm tr- I try to get better with, you know, u- utilizing tools that help me really think about how to structure, how to structure my day and how to structure my time the best. And so it really is sort of, uh, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. And it <laughs> sort of adds up to it. it's like, okay, I've accomplished something, but I've really, it's really been taking little, 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 little small steps. <laughs> <laughs> and Allison, you have accomplished so much. What has been your most proudest accomplishment? We know you're two boys, of course, outside of that. I feel excited about so many things, but one thing that's really been exciting for me now, and maybe it's because I'm just doing it, is is sort of is is my art and building something and I've never like thought of myself as sort of, you know, as an entrepreneur or anything like, and and anything like that. And it's part of me that, you know, doesn't, doesn't like that (laughs) sort of not, you know, (laughs) that, that, that label 
this per se. It's exciting to 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 do something and accomplish something and to be and and to start to gain, you know, the attention and not not attention in sort of a bad way, but it's just like people see you and see your story. And that's been exciting to sort of have a place and a platform where I can share something and impact people in that way. And I just started to, because again, this goes back to my organization, you would have thought, you know, you know what, you should probably like write down all of these nice comments, you know, you know, your feedback and testimonials. And I I didn't do that in the beginning, you know? (laughs) Yes, that fills your bucket, man. I love that stuff. Well, I know, but you know, now I'm, now I'm having to go back and like, you know, art has meaning. It matters to people. It brings joy. I mean, that's why they have art in places like hospitals and, you know, that's why they're doing art therapy. Like it means something. And so it is therapeutic for me to paint, which is why I say, even if it's literally, I mean, my, my studio's studio space my space is kind of off the kitchen so it is not uncommon for me to you know have something in the in the instapot and then <laughs> for, you know go and paint for five minutes and then come back to it that's that's all I need again this the little baby steps so I'm accomplishing something there but I'm also you know five minutes of time for me was important so I mean it's a therapeutic piece of it but also when somebody comes and tells me, you know, we walk by this piece every day. We always see something that brings us so much happiness and joy. That says to me that as long as this makes sense for me to do, and as long as I can do this in some capacity, and it may look different in different seasons, then I'll do that. But I've had, you know, people who were, you know, older and wiser who said, you know, your kids are little. So don't try to push yourself and don't, you know, you'll have time for this. And I, you know, I took that, I took that to heart, which is why, you know, you're not going to, people are like, where, where can we find your art in town? Like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> not right now. I not have right two, now. two people yeah. that mean the world to me that I need to <laughs> spend time with before they're grown and out of my house. Right. So it, it really is for me, it's just, finding a way to kind of keep going, but also just being cognizant of the space and the time. And I don't, I don't always get it right. And so there's sometimes when you have to, you know, work hard, a little bit harder or push for something, but that then you can readjust. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a thing that I'm still, I'm still trying to get right, but I just try to be, I just try to be honest about that because I think we all are doing that as best we can. Well, you know, I found a quote on your website and you said, I don't try to be perfect, but I try to do my best. Oh, I and see. I, yes. <laughs> and I think that really sums up what you just said, actually. And so you're living that. You're living that quote. And so, but I think that, you know, we can all say, yeah, I'm definitely not perfect. And I'm just doing, doing the best I can and living my best life. So tell us a little bit more about your artwork because it is pretty incredible for you to have kind of stumbled on this, this talent. And like you said, it does bring so many people joy. And I'm looking to my right right now because I have your art pulled up on a screen and it is stunning. Tell us more about this, this passion of yours. 
Yeah, yeah. so um, I wanted to paint abstractly. So sometimes I do landscape. So I shouldn't say that I never do, but I'm not going to be painting dogs or... <laughs> or um, <laughs> the generic or, or, jog in the boat thing. Yeah, or, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing okay. that. But I'm really interested in color and I'm, you know, I'm inspired by natural elements, you know, in the sky and organic shapes. And, and so, you know, I think with learning about color, I kind of got the tools of how to kind of pull what's out of your brain in terms of emotions and feelings and, you know, translating that through color onto, you know, onto the canvas. So, so that's what I, that's what I do. Um, abstract painting and when I started I had you know little kids and I was thinking about like nursery art and that was not really sort of my thing but as I started you know the process of having you know having a home and sort of decorating type of thing I realized that there wasn't sort of what I wanted to decorate a home and so I started thinking about what makes people's homes a happy place and a joyful place and a colorful place and so that's kind of how my you know painting style evolved so I do mostly abstract work on canvas and paper and also a lot of collage work so I kind of again I'll go back and forth again depending on what what feels right for me at the time and the and sort of the other thing is I, I kind of you know collage is a, is a is a little is a project where you kind of keep you keep the bits, the broken pieces, the trash, and then I incorporate that into in, into into work because I think that tells a whole different life story of how the little the little pieces, the discards have have value. They they become a part of a story. So that's why I like doing that, and I do what works when it feels right to me. So and you know this concept, I, I think about this concept of of batching work, which is what I do too. So I mean, I'm working on a commission. Maybe, but I also may have some smaller canvases, and so no, no, you know, no paint goes to work to waste. So I may be kind of here and over there, and so that's how you know a collection evolves. And so people are like, "Oh, when'd you have time to do that?" Well, I was kind of was kind of working on it all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a super cool concept. So, so, so that's so that's that's sort of the story of 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 my art, and you know, and it's it's you know, different opportunities have developed in terms of you know, licensing. And I, I, this, this year I did some, some covers for a medical journal. I, you know, and that, and, and, and that, that, that's, that's so life coming full circle. Cause you know, somebody, somebody said, Oh, you know, your, your work kind of, kind of reminds me of, you know, I guess what's under a microscope or something. Oh, isn't that cool? So, <laughs> you know, so anyway, it's just, just, it's just so much, value and utility there so so that's kind of how it's how it's kind of evolved but you know at the same time I you know I I I work full-time and 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 there's there's times when you kind of have to pull back I mean I I had a relapse end of last year or the beginning of you know this year and so you know you just you know the body will tell on you and remind you again that this is this is sort of a whole keeping the whole perspective is always important. Yeah, it really is. And I just don't think that this is the last time I personally am going to hear the name Allison Ford because this talent that you have is undescribable and 
I feel like you are really trying to, you know, reach that level of I am a whole person and saying to us that you're continually working on it, that you're a work in progress is such a reflective component of you in that, you know, you're always trying to make those improvements. Remember, get those reminders that I need to take a little time. It makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Allison, thank you so much for being here today from talking about the life pie, not comparing yourself to others, not trying to balance life and work necessarily because life is so much more complex. Finding the right tools. You said that you don't have the bandwidth for all of that. Building yourself in the time, those little pieces, not finding those those things that poke you, finding those little pieces and those discards that become part of the story. Mm-hmm. Allison, there's so many things today that <laughs> made me smile when you were talking. I so appreciate you. Please tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, that, that would be great. I spend more time on um, Instagram than any other um, social media platform. And my um, handle is at hello, Allison art, H E L L O like, hello, Allison, my name with two L's <laughs> art. And my website is www.helloallisonart.com. And that's the best place to find me. Excellent. Allison with two L's because everybody's <laughs> got their names felt differently. So again, thank you so much. But everybody out there listening, if you're interested in digging deeper into determining your core values, please visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com where you will find and be guided through that discovery process derived from the work of the fabulous Brene Brown because we all deserve to live our best lives. Thanks again so much, Allison. Allison, for being my guest today. Keep thriving. You too. (laughs) Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving. Thriving.